everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. This is part two of Infamous, the Drew Peterson story. Now, we apologize for breaking it up into two. I don't know if you guys hate that or like that, but it's Thanksgiving weekend and we figured Dateline was going to be a repeat anyways. And there's so much stuff to talk about. So we just recorded our first part which was almost two hours. And now we're about to record our second part. We might be really loopy by the end. So stay tuned for the fun trade. This, when we get tired, that's when the bloopers come. It's going to be fascinating. But the really good ideas come then too. Yeah, sometimes brilliance. Get ready for a lot of TMs. I yeah. feel like I'm going to be <laughs> trademarking a lot of stuff in this last two hours. And now that I've said that, there's going to be none. It's fine. <laughs> This is will will be the longest recording session we've ever had, though, in four years. We might start fighting. There might be a fight. We, yeah, who knows what'll happen? You guys might witness a fight. <laughs> I think I think we'll be all right. We we're both are like kind of just enthralled by this case because we didn't know it before. Yeah. So it's all new information. We, unlike the rest of America, did not know this case at all. So. I knew who he was. Again, I knew I did who he too. was. And I knew there were lots of wives, but I didn't really know any details. Me neither. So this is season 30, episode nine, November 19th, 2021, hosted by Natalie Morales, whom we love and always recognize when we see her on TV. Absolutely. So we are at the point of the Drew Peterson story. If you have, you should have gone back and listened to our first episode. Mm, mm-hmm. But if you haven't, no, you should just should. No, if you see a part two after anything, listen to part one. Listen to part one. Yeah, that's common sense. So he's sitting down with Co- with Hoda in I combined her last name and her first name. Say her name for me. Hoda Kotb. Good job for you. In 2007. And he tells her, I'd be looking on a beach for Stacy because she ran off. Why did she run off? He has no idea. He said she was wild. She wanted a boob job and a tummy tuck and she got it. What she wanted, she got. And she says, he says, no, she got all these repairs. He calls them repairs. Like she's a car. And God bless Oliver, because at that point he just paused it. (laughs) (laughs) Because he knew that I was going to be writing furiously in my notes. (laughs) He said she was spoiled as well. Yes, he said she was spoiled. Yeah. Well, he got her that boob job and tummy tuck. She got what she wanted. He did his repairs on her. He was a good provider. This goes back to my theory from part one, where she's not an actual human. She's just a thing. And also, you know, she didn't ask him for those things. You know. No, this is what he wanted from her. Yeah, because she didn't have the exact same body she had when he met her when she was 16 PS. Also, a tummy tuck is no small thing. And I will say this, having a tummy tuck when you have four children at home, you're taking care of. It's not like a weak recovery. You're out of commission for a second. A tummy tuck, I'm pretty sure, is one of the most intense plastic surgeries you can have. It's a lot. It's like liposuction. There's certain ones that you're down. Mm -hmm. You're done here. I can only imagine how awful that was for her. Yeah. He's a douche cotty. He blames her further because it's always nice to blame your missing wife. He says she was an emotional roller coaster. Once again, he says on national TV this time. 
Last time he said it in the confidence of a pastor, this time in national TV, when she was PMSing, she'd want a divorce. When she wasn't, everything was fine. Now, I'm not trying to be funny here. Don't worry, Drew. You're not. No one is laughing. He's the most hateable person I think I've ever seen. (laughs) I really think so. I really think so. I knew that I was going to hate him more than Scott Peterson, and I already hated Scott Peterson a lot. And he's surpassed Scott Peterson. This is unreal. You're also saying this to a woman. Yes. That is interview. What kind of dialogue or camaraderie do you think you're going to have with this interviewer who's also a woman? She's going to be like, biatches on the rag. Am I right? Pretty much. Yeah. She's going to be staring daggers at you because that's not real. No, she doesn't like it. What's wrong with you? I mean... PMS is real. No, you know what I mean. What he's saying is not real. He's saying that you suddenly want to divorce your husband when you have PMS and then you think he's a dreamboat the rest of the time. She never thought you were a dreamboat any time of the month. You're always horrible. She always wants a divorce. It has nothing to do with her hormones. It has everything to do with you being a horrible person. I don't want to say that I'm right, but I want to reiterate how right I am. On my theory of the woman hating. Oh, 100%. I never said you weren't. You didn't. Thank God. No. And so if people on the internet say I'm wrong, you're wrong. I'm right. Yeah. I think it's very clear that he hates women. So he said she was easily agitated. She would snap quickly. And Hoda asks, you know, some people say the bathtub scene looks staged by someone who knew what they were doing. And he has zero emotion zero empathy. And he says, well, people can say that. Okay. He he won't admit anything and he doesn't seem to care. He, I don't think he has tears. Hoda says, I want you to be completely honest with me. And he brings out the jokes. No, I'm going to, I'm going to lie to you. <laughs> Seriously. Come on, man. I hate him. Did you kill Stacy? And he goes, no. Like he's going to say yes. Cause he promised to be honest. Also, he does blink quite a lot, especially when he's saying, no, he didn't do it. So a couple of people noticed that online. Really? I didn't notice that. Ooh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. She says, either you're guilty or you have the worst luck in the world. And he says, you think? (laughs) Isn't this situation hilarious? This debacle I've wound up in with a missing wife and a dead wife. I must have terrible luck. He says, I guess it's bad luck then. Your wives have a 50% survival rating. That's true. What are you talking about? It is bad luck. Yeah. So he sits down with Hoda again the next year. It is 2008. Now he has facial hair all over his face, except not the cheeks, but the jaw area, like a law school professor who has definitely been indicted for embezzling from the school and is sleeping with his students. Oh, boy. By this time, an autopsy has been performed on Kathleen's exhumed body, and they are now ruling it a homicide. There we go. There we go. And Hoda jumps in and says, do you enjoy the attention? Seems like you do. And he says, yeah, sometimes I do. I get to go to New York. I get to go to Hollywood. I get to meet exciting people like yourself. Don't flirt with Hoda. Everyone's upset. Stop talking. Stop saying things. Walk away, Hoda. I cringed when he said Hollywood. I was like, ah, it really upset me. He didn't say LA. He said Hollywood. He said Hollywood. Yeah. 
I felt personally attacked or something. I did too. I felt like I was a victim. I've been part of Hollywood and I felt like he just tainted the whole industry, which already doesn't have a good reputation. It messed me up. I did not like it. And then he says, the only things I don't like are the looks I get in the store. And then I thought he would say, I mean, sometimes they ask for my autograph. That's pretty sweet. But no, he doesn't. He says, sometimes I'm in the store and people are looking at me. You like that too. Let's be real. He does. Any, I think he is that any attention is good attention. Any press is good press. Someone else has said that. I can't remember who it is right now, but it's that kind of attitude. But also, I'm going to give him one thing in this whole thing, and it's this, that he told the truth right now. Yeah. He does like the attention. He didn't pretend like he didn't. He said he does. It's the only thing he tells the truth about, period. And it's shocking because it doesn't make him look very good. He's saying... I enjoy the fame that I have gotten from my wife being dead and my other wife being missing. Right. I am loving being famous from those two sad, horrible things. So a decent person would lie and say, no, it's horrible. My wife is dead and my other wife is missing. How could I enjoy any part of this? I'm grieving. That's disgusting. Hoda, how dare you ask me that? My family is in turmoil. My children. Never once does he mention the children. Yeah. My poor children have to deal with their dad being so famous and having reporters outside the house all the time when they're trying to go to school. Hoda, how dare you? None of that. He's like, yeah, I do kind of enjoy it. Does he ever mention the children at all? No, not once. Great question. He's a prince. Did they ever do a skit about him on Saturday Night Live? Because if they didn't, I feel like he was sad. I feel like he watched every week hoping they would do a skit about him. And if they did do one, I'm sure he loved it. I'm going to have to look it up. I've been watching a lot of Saturday Night Live. So Hoda asks Drew, are you a good con? And he is like, no, of course not. I'm being accused of murder. Why would I admit to being a good con on national TV? No. He says, I believe I can be, but I'm not about this. And Hoda says wisely, well, how do we know if you're a good con? And he says, I guess you don't. Because he thinks he's being charming and controversial. And coy. Ooh la la. You'll never know. Finger to the mouth. I can't. Hoda hates his guts. It's awesome. So does the rest of America. But these women in particular, Hoda and Natalie, had to be in the same room with him for hours as he got his creepiness all over them. And they had to go home and burn their clothes. I would have been sweating bullets. It makes me sweat just watching it on TV. If I was in a room with him, I would have been sweating because also my natural instinct is to be nice. Yeah. And so it would have been like fighting my natural polite urges and like really not liking and he would have said menstrual and I would have lost my mind. <laughs> Meanwhile, Stacy's his sister Cassandra keeps going on boats to search the canal for Stacy. She gets help from volunteers on the police force. I was so glad because they personally failed Kathleen and they need to make up for it. That's just let's be real. I think they must be embarrassed now. I think at first they're trying to cover cover cover. And then now it's like, okay, he's an embarrassment. We need to fix this problem. It should have happened years earlier. Correct. And Stacy could still be alive. So 
they have sonar equipment. She's not going to stop. She is going to be on that boat. She will find her. It's it's one of those. Daniel Day-Lewis. Incredible family power of the passion to find their loved one and bring them home. It's called love. Yeah, love. That was the word I couldn't get to. Yeah. And her sister's going to find her because she promised. She said. She promised. She's going to keep a promise. In 2009, Cassandra is in the car. What does she hear on the radio? She hears Drew. <gasps> this is Mad Cow. <laughs> Mad Cow, no bull. <laughs> Giving you news right from the teat. Cassandra. It's good. I just feel like he's just going to go gross. He's going to go blue wherever he gets. Mad Cow. All cock, no bull. No. Hold on. I'm going to keep going. Let me try to figure it out. What was the one you said? I said grabbing the bull by the balls. But I think what you said, no bull, all balls, no bull, all balls. No, it's real talk, real talk, no, no bull. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why I keep wanting to throw balls in there. But well, I think what is it? Truth from the teeth. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> yeah. Giving you truth straight from the teeth. I feel like that could be a segment, though. Now we've got the truth, Teat. <laughs> we hear the sound and it's hitting the pail. Oh, my God. Right? It's hitting the pail. Yes. So I think he's got a lot of sound effects. Oh, 100%. He has whistles. He has bells. He has a sidekick, too. And it's something super derogatory. So I shall not say it. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Not at all. Yeah. So he's super on PC. So she hears Drew joking on the radio with the man cow and she calls in. Cassandra is such a bad bee. I love it. So Cassandra calls in. Amazing. Yes. I don't know if I've had the guts to do it. It's incredible. And she says, what did you do to my sister? Like just right off the bat. Also, the mad cow guy. I don't know if it's the. Man cow, the, is he just man cow or the man cow? I don't know. I think it's just man cow. And I keep wanting to call him mad cow because mad cow disease. I wrote mad cow six times and then we found out it was a man cow. So there we go. Yeah, mad cow disease. So actually man cow disease sounds better. So he is like, what? The sister's on the phone? This is going to be ratings gold. So he puts her on the line. She's like, what did you do to my sister? And he's like, whatever, nothing. And then she's like, you will pay. And Drew is like, get her off the line. Apparently, Man Cow says he was acting bored and annoyed, not guilty or upset at all that he's being accused of murder by his ex-sister-in-law on the radio in front of millions of people. He's literally just waving her off. Hang up on her. Take another call. I want to keep answering questions from my fans. Because she's taking airtime from him. Yeah. She's taking attention. And also the way she does this phone call should be the clip they use for the preview of this episode and nothing else because she is cold. Yeah. And ends it with ice. And she goes, you will pay. Yeah. The emotion in her voice. She's not getting upset. She's just steady stream of, I have been waiting to say this to you. Yes. It gave me chills. And I was like, that's the name of the episode. You will pay. You will pay. Oh. So a few days later, Natalie is on the Today Show in 2009 announcing that Drew was arrested. And now she's hosting this episode. It comes full circle. Yeah. Also, she looks the same in 2009. She doesn't age. He is arrested for 
Kathleen's murder. Yeah, that was surprising. Shocking. Well, shocking to us because we didn't really know this case that well. Probably not shocking to everyone else. So he's brought in in shackles and a prison jumpsuit. And instead of, as Natalie says, the walk of shame, where they have their head down and they're like, people, reporters are screaming at them and they're like, just don't want their face to be shown on TV. He's waving at the reporters with his shackles and he's joking with them and he's calling out. He's like three squares a day in a spiffy outfit. How can I beat that? He is loving that all the press is there as he's being arrested. He's thinking this is going to be really good for his brand because all attention is good attention. And he thinks red is his color and that jumpsuit is slimming. I don't know. Nope, you've got red undertones, man. Red's not your color. <laughs> it brings out that razor burn. <laughs> At this point, my mom is so delighted and shouts out, three hots and a cot, three hots and a cot, which is her favorite saying of all time. Good for her. So guess what Drew does when he is put in jail? He <laughs> stops talking to reporters, obviously. No, he calls into the radio station with the man cow from jail. This is when I figured it out, by the way. He thinks there's no way he's going to be convicted. And he's trying to angle his way into a sidekick position at one of these shows. What? Oh, you're so right. He wants to replace the guy with the offensive name. That's what he's doing. But he would not stand for being a sidekick for very long. He would somehow sabotage the reputation of the main guy at the radio station and get him fired or kill him. Or he would just parlay that into, I'm going to be your sidekick for a year and then I'm going to get my own show right. called The Man Gator. The man with the mustache. You know, he's going to pick a really masculine animal. Macho man, macho mustache. Macho stash. He calls in from jail to the radio station and he jokes that he'd like to try stand up because he really thinks he's funny. That's another thing that's so offensive. It is not a little bit. I feel like Jerry Seinfeld, when his dentist converted to Judaism and the priest says, so this offends you as a Jewish person. And Jerry says, no, it offends me as a comedian. And I feel a little bit like his behavior is obviously offensive because he does a disgusting murdering pig and a chauvinist, but he's also just not funny. And he thinks he's really funny. And I find that deeply offensive. Yeah. As a comedian. I'm not a comedian. I host a podcast, but let's just say I feel like I have a sense of humor. You post, you host a podcast that's on the humorous side. I do feel like I have an okay sense of humor and he's not funny. I'm going to remind you of the bears and depression. <laughs> I think that makes you a comedian. Thank you. That's a very good joke. Thank you. I gave you a 10 out of 10. Thank you. That's high marks. Mm -hmm. So that's where I feel would be a bigger slap in the face. Let's say he's in court and they're like, we find you guilty on all counts. You're going to jail for life. Also, we find you not funny. And he'd be like, not funny. Yes. That would be what would get him. And we heard you have a small wiener. What? He would be so much more upset by those two things than by the life in prison. Oh, yeah, he would. Oh, he so would. Drew says, I want to be a comedian. Let's let me try out some jokes on the air. And the shock jock tells us that they are cringeworthy. We do hear Drew saying, 
I think we should do a let's win a conjugal visit with Drew. Again, he's in jail for murdering his wife and his other wife is missing. But he's trying to be set up with a conjugal visit. And women across the country threw up in their mouths. Let's do. Right. We're in this together. You're my friend. You, very famous radio Shock jock. Where is his attorney telling him to shut up? That was my question, which we get to. But first, Man Cow says our line that gives us the title of the episode. He says he was better than famous. He was infamous. And he was really excited when they picked that to be the title of the episode. Yeah. You think he was excited when he watched the episode? Yeah, probably. Yes, I do. I definitely do. I'm not saying they weren't going to name it that anyways. Yeah. But he just gave the opposite air from Drew. Like he didn't really. It's like he kind of made his money and he's sitting back with his figurines and he's good. Doesn't really matter anymore. You know, he's done some stuff. His Funko Pop figurines. Yeah. So his toys. Not toys. Not toys. We find out why his lawyer is not telling him to shut up. His lawyer is a man named Joel Brodsky, which, oh, my God. Outside info. Did you get some? I did not. That means I did. Okay, good. Tell me, tell me. I'll tell you when we get to the end. Oh. So he's joking with reporters too. He's like, I might need a job after this. Anyone hiring? Anyone anyone have a case for me after this one? He's literally doing the Rodney Dangerfield (laughs) neck pull. He's literally, I need a job after this. I can't get no respect. Hey. He's doing that. Hey. Oh, my gosh. So everyone feels like he just took the case to promote himself and to become a celebrity attorney. And it's very clear. But there's a new lawyer who joins the team and he has fancy glasses and he's taking this very seriously. Steven Greenberg. He says, I shut down. He's a Berg. One of my people. He says, I shut down all these shenanigans. And he doesn't say, I hate Brodsky, but that is what he is, his subtext is saying. He hates this other attorney and it's amazing. Sorry, Berg is not your people. Berg is the name that means you're successful. That's what you said. Oh, Berg is the name that means you're successful. There you go. Yes. Sorry. I was not pointing out that he might be Jewish. <laughs> I was trying to say he's a Berg because you made a big deal about it. I did. I listened. Thank you. So. The prosecutor is fighting to get in these hearsay statements from the victims where Stacy confessed a lot of things about Kathleen's death. Oh, and she also said if something happens, it was Drew. So there's lots of here. And Kathleen told her sister things. There's lots of hearsay stuff and they win. Usually you wouldn't be allowed to use this stuff, but they win and they get to use all of these statements. So the trial starts. It's been eight years since Kathleen died and five years since Stacy died. I don't know if we ever actually said that, but it was a three year time between. Kathleen's sister testifies about his abuse, how one time he broke into her house and held a knife to her neck and he was altogether horrible. They talk about how his financial motive would be his pension with that divorce settlement that was still going through. And she was killed two weeks before they were supposed to settle that in court. Then the pastor takes the stand and he's the star witness. He talks about everything that Stacy told him. And here we get a lot more details about what Stacy said. Drew came home that night wearing all black and carrying a duffel bag with women's clothes in it that were not hers. 
and he washed them immediately. And then he told Stacy, the police will be here soon. If you tell them what I tell you to say, this will be the perfect crime, which is similar to what he said to Kathleen when he held the knife to her throat. He said, I can kill you and make it look like an accident and get away with it. Yeah. Turd. The police come and interview her and they let Drew sit right next to her. Wow. Wow. So obviously he's just staring daggers at her and she's too terrified to say anything. So obviously she goes along with his story. Yeah. The defense says it's all hearsay and circumstantial. How did he get into the house? Which we talked about briefly in part one. When did he get into the house? They don't really know the exact time of when this happened. There was no DNA under her fingernails, no scratches on him. So there's not a lot of like concrete evidence that he killed Kathleen. He was never charged with domestic abuse, but Kathleen was charged with battery. It was later expunged. How many times? You told us at the last episode. Neil, the pastor, said it was eight out of nine, nine, no, sorry, nine out of 18 phone calls to the cops. She was charged. Where she was charged with something. Dateline only says it's once, so I'm not sure. Drew was never charged out of those 18 phone calls that she made asking for help from the police. That's awful. I'm sorry. Now, at this point, Natalie takes the defense attorney with the glasses, Berg, to task for this. She takes him to the mat. She takes him downtown. She takes him to task. She says, are you, I couldn't think of another one. She said, I just repeated the first one. I think that one, I think the first one is just fine on its own. You did it. Nailed it. Okay. She says, are you trying to tell me that a police officer calling his own police force to investigate and they're just not going to say, we believe the guy that works for us. Obviously, they're going to say that. So it doesn't mean anything that he was never charged with anything. They're not going to charge him in this small community, all boys club, that type of thing. Not saying in other police departments, it would be different. It could be the same. We don't know. Yeah. I mean, we kind of know, but I'm not saying that. I think it just depends. I think it just I think it just depends. But yeah, I think it's maybe slowly changing, but I still don't think we're anywhere near where we need to be. The defense attorney says, why would Drew take her clothing into his house? He's a cop. He should know better. You take the clothing of the woman you killed and you take it back to your house with you where they can check for it. So it's the old He's too stupid to do something that smart, or in this case, he's too smart to do something that stupid defense, which we've heard many times. And it always drives me crazy. It's like they're saying he should have done it perfectly. Obviously, he can make a mistake. Well, what did happen to those clothes? He washed them and they never searched his house, I don't think, because they ruled it an accident. So I don't think in their investigation... They even searched his house. I could be wrong about that, but I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah. So then the defense attorney rails against all the witnesses, saying all the witnesses that were against him, they all went to the media first. They didn't call the police out of the goodness of their hearts. A, that's BS. You don't know what was in their hearts. B, the pastor called the police multiple times and they never called him back. So he got fired from his job as a juror by (laughs) interrupting the trial to yell out at the policeman because he so wanted to tell his story and there was no media there. Right, exactly. So I don't know what you're talking about. 
the defense calls Kathleen's divorce attorney. He's supposed to be a prosecution witness, but at the last minute, the defense steals him and says, we want to put him on the stand. And the prosecution is like, that's a really dumb idea. Why do they want to do that? We're going to let them do it because they're going to hang themselves. Right. So they put him on the stand and he's supposed to say that Stacy called him saying she wanted a divorce from Drew. Now she was Kathleen's divorce attorney, but maybe he's just so good that Stacy wanted to use him too. And apparently Stacy did want a divorce even though Drew said he only wanted, she only wanted a divorce and she was on her period. So she must've been on her period and called him during one of those times. Wait, so this was Kathleen's divorce attorney, but Stacy also used him? Yes. So Stacy calls him and says, I want to divorce Drew. And she says, apparently, can I get more money out of Drew if we tell the police how he killed Kathleen? So this makes her look bad. It makes her look kind of like a liar and like a gold digger. But it totally backfires. I don't know if it does, though. I mean, she could be honestly. Well, it makes her look like maybe she's lying that he didn't really kill her. And it's a revenge strategy to get more money. Or she does know that he killed her, but she's only going to use that information to get more money and not go to the police about it. Or maybe she's thinking she's going to get nothing. And so she's trying to get something, not more money. But do you know what I'm saying? We don't know the numbers that we're dealing. I don't know. Anyways, it totally backfires because the lawyer is now telling about this phone call from Stacy and Stacy is giving him detailed information about what Drew did to Kathleen. And it is the same story that she told the pastor. So that's a second person that she told this story to with the same details of how he did it. So it reaffirms and goes, corroborates the story that the pastor was telling. Yeah. And apparently while she's on the phone saying all this stuff, Drew is screaming at her in the background. Ooh, that's and bad. And the lawyer never heard from Stacy again after this. So it was sometime before she was killed. And so it looks just really bad. It totally backfires on the defense. And the defense attorney who's sitting down with Natalie, the one with the glasses, he is so mad that they put this guy on the stand and is trying to absolve himself of any part of that decision. So he's like, it was the other guy. It was the other, the showy, you know, the... Uh, Brodsky. It was the other attorney. It was Brodsky. It was Brodsky. It was his decision. I didn't want any part of it. It's almost like he thinks people won't hire him. (laughs) Yes, totally. I didn't do it, guys. And he says, on the Mount Rushmore of legal mistakes, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in a courtroom. That's big words. On the Mount Rushmore of good snacks is Monk Pack. Ain't that the truth? Healthy snacks have a bad reputation. And somewhere Drew Peterson just heard me say that and said, I think I know something about a bad reputation. But um, bump. Oh, man. Bunk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars contain one gram of sugar or less, two to three grams of net carbs, and they're only 150 calories and they taste delicious. Amazing. They're good for anyone trying keto, trying to eat less sugar, or really anyone who thinks 
that things that taste good are good. And if that isn't you, then your life is very sad. In addition to being keto friendly, the bars are also gluten-free, plant-based and non-GMO with no soy, trans fats, sugar alcohols or artificial colors. I'm doing gluten-free right now with a bunch of other diet restrictions currently, just for the time being, per my doctor's instructions for anyone concerned. And there's not a lot that I can eat right now. Thankfully, I can eat Monk Pack. I scanned the bars on my app and I chowed down on a bar right before we started recording. I had a crunchy and chewy chocolate peanut butter bar and my stomach feels still feels great. And it's giving me the energy to get through this recording. I'm not going to have a sugar crash without Monk Pack. I would be going nuts. No pun intended, but a little bit pun intended. I needed the most strength possible to fully hate Drew Peterson. It takes a lot of calories to fuel a flames on the side of my face session. And I'm getting that thanks to Monk Pack. We love Monk Pack bars. Our moms love Monk Pack bars. We have the subscription pack. So we get 10% off and it ships to us automatically. So you always have something healthy to reach for. Try it for yourself and you'll see. And we have a special deal for our listeners. Get 20% off your first purchase of any Monk Pack product by visiting monkpack.com and entering our code date dateline at checkout. And Monk Pack is so confident in their product. It's backed with 100% satisfaction guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll exchange the product or refund your money, whichever you prefer. To get started, go to monkpack.com. That's M-U-N-K-P-A-C-K.com and select any product. Then enter the code date dateline at checkout to save 20% off your purchase. Monkpack, delicious, nutritious food you can count on. Thank you, Monkpack. Thank you, Monkpack. Add Oliver to the list because oh. I noticed that. There were a few less in my box than there should be. Not saying he's stealing them. You have a lot of thieves in your house. He's not telling me he's taking them. Now, they are for everyone, but kind of maybe they're not. No, they're not really for everyone. (laughs) Okay, cool. Katie, does your skin have a rocky texture like the men on Mount Rushmore? I don't mean you, Katie. Let me do that again. Katie. It does. My skin sometimes has a rocky texture like the men on Mount Rushmore. Any ideas? You mean rocky like the relationships in this episode? Yeah. That kind of rocky? Yeah. Like Rocky Road. I got it. Yes. There was a time when my skin had some very dodgy texture issues due to cystic acne. And it was not that long ago. And I've also noticed that breakouts tend to come at the worst possible time. Like, for example... The day before I get married, I cannot tell you the extra added stress already on a stressful day of trying to cover a welt on my chin the size of Mount Rushmore. (laughs) It was horrific. And anyone who's ever suffered from cystic acne or any kind of acne knows that it really does a number on your self-esteem. Also, it can just be really painful. You got to check out Apostrophe. I love Apostrophe and they have single-handedly saved my skin from Rocky Road Texture. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed oral and topical medications that are clinically proven to help clear acne. Apostrophe connects you with a board-certified dermatologist who will create a personalized treatment plan that is perfectly tailored to your unique skin. All you have to do is fill out Apostrophe's online quiz about your skin goals and medical history. Then you snap a few selfies and your dermatologist will create your customized treatment plan. Apostrophe treats acne, but they can also help you with your other skincare goals. If you're 
trying to reduce redness, Drew Peterson, wrinkles, <laughs> Katie, and even dark spots, Kimberly. How dare you? I currently use an oral treatment for my acne and a topical cream to help my skin's texture that has been slightly, moderately, severely damaged from years of cystic acne. I have loved my experience with apostrophe for a lot of reasons, but something that's really fun is unboxing my apostrophe goods. They come with these cute little postcards and stickers to personalize my prescription bottle. So I can look in my medicine cabinet and see the prescription bottle and say, hey, yeah, you've got bad skin, but look at that cute bottle that's making it better. It does kind of help. It's a mental thing. I love it. Also, I love that I don't have to go to the pharmacy anymore to wait in line to get meds. I can have them delivered to my house. I can do this whole process online and it's so fast and easy. No waiting for an appointment ever again. We have a special deal for our listeners as well. You can save $15 off your first visit with an apostrophe provider at apostrophe.com slash date dateline when you use our code date dateline. And this code is available only to our listeners. So to get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash date dateline, click begin visit, and then use our code date dateline at sign up and you'll get your first visit for only $5. That's incredible. Five doll hairs, everybody. That's A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E dot com slash date dateline. And use that code date dateline to get your dermatologist crafted treatment plan for just $5. Thank you so much, Apostrophe, for putting a period at the end of my skin troubles. Woohoo! Thank you, Apostrophe. So to the shock of us, or me at least, I can't speak for you. You can and have. Just kidding. <laughs> it's actually usually me. I'm usually speaking for you. Drew decides not to speak on the stand. I was shocked. I was shooketh. Every time we've seen a full-on narcissist in a dateline, they always love to take the stand because they think they're smarter than the jury. They think they're a really good actor and will come across really well. Mm-hmm. And it always backfires. Every time. Every time they do this. I was shocked. I cannot believe he decided not to speak. Wow. And there are microphones on the stand. Drew loves talking in front of a microphone. Take my wife, for example, <laughs> please. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like I did in the middle of the night in the barrel. Exactly. So he's found guilty. Shocker to no one. We knew it from the very beginning of the episode because they show him in prison. So the defense attorney says, the one with the glasses, Berg, says, we were winning, but it was putting that divorce attorney on the stand that sealed our fate. I don't buy that. And then he says, I actually crawled under the table when we put that guy on the stand because I wanted nothing to do with it. Okay, I don't think you actually crawled under this. He didn't crawl under the table. I don't think the judge would allow you to do that, but it's okay. I think you're just trying to be funny. And if you did, then that's what hurt you with the jury. Yeah, because you were crawling under the table like a child who doesn't want to eat their vegetables. Right. And they smelled dissension in the ranks and were like, oh, they're not organized. He's guilty. Yeah. So, of course, they ask the showy attorney, Brodsky, and he says no. They all agreed to do it. It wasn't just him, meaning even Berg agreed to put the guy on the stand. They hate each other. It's so funny. They hate each other. But one of them is going to have their comeuppance 
and one of them isn't. So we'll get to that in outside information. So the prosecutor is so happy and proud of the conviction, the one that is the fancy Colonel Sanders. And he's now thinking, I am the only one in the free world with this mustache because now Drew is behind bars. My mustache can truly shine. It's better. His was better from the beginning. It's been better the whole time. He did. There was no competition. No. uh -uh. Kathleen's family had waited eight years and her sister is so happy. She says, I wanted to tell him, gotcha, babe. I hope she got to say that to him. Oh, it was so great when she says it. It's so neat. Yeah. He gets 38 years in prison, but he's not done yet. Two years later, the prosecutor fancy Colonel Sanders, gets a letter from an inmate. He says that Drew is trying to hire a hitman to kill you. You fancy Colonel Sanders, Jim Glasgow, he's trying to have you killed. And this is so sick because this is pure revenge. He got something out of the murders of his two wives He's already been convicted by this prosecutor. He gains nothing from him being dead. Nothing. This is literally just for revenge. Not that there's a good reason to kill someone and a bad reason to kill someone, but it just says more about his character. It really does, though. No, absolutely. As if his character wasn't tarnished enough. So they put a wire on the inmate, and the audio was crystal clear in that jail. Usually they're in like an olive garden. And the audio is terrible when someone's wearing a wire. So Drew asked the inmate, when will your uncle be able to take care of business? And the inmate says, it'll be done by Christmas. And Drew, ever the jokester, says, it'll be a nice Christmas present. Right, for Jim's family when he's dead. What's wrong with you, man? Exactly. And the inmate says, so I'm going to tell my uncle he has the green light. I'm telling him, go ahead, kill him. That's what you want, right? Because there's no backing out now. There's no turning back, right? And Drew says, all right, if I can sneak in some booze in here, we'll celebrate that night. What the what? What is wrong with you? You are pure evil. And stupid. And stupid. So Drew is charged with solicitation for murder and he gets 40 more years. (laughs) Awesome. Good job. Good Now we talk to Drew's son, Stephen, who is 29. Oh, my. And unfortunately looks a lot like Drew and sounds a lot like his dad, too. You know what? That's what my mom and Oliver thought. Well, my mom thought that. I didn't see it as much. I thought he didn't look that much like him, so I was kind of relieved. But she thought that, too. He sounds just like him. Oh, he did? Okay. Sometimes I wasn't sure which one it was. If I was looking down. Oh, man. He appears to have a soul, though. So he's okay in our book. He's taking care of his younger siblings because they have now lost both parents. And he says they became like kids to him. They first were his siblings. Then he started to raise them and they became like kids. He says, interestingly enough, it was his dad that kind of taught him how to be a good dad because his dad was a role model to him growing up and he was a great dad. And he did. He said when he got together with Stacy, yeah, I rolled my eyes. She was four years younger than me. But he said he didn't accept it when he thought when he was first a suspect. He didn't think his dad would do it. But when his dad started acting that way in front of the cameras, he, along with all of America, was super turned off by his dad's behavior. He said, you shouldn't be talking about 
PMS and things like that. It's going to make everyone in this country hate you. And it did. And he wouldn't stop. He thought it was helping him. So after the murder conviction for Kathleen, he did start to believe it. He kind of had to accept it. Either his dad has the worst luck in the world or he murdered two women. And he says that the siblings don't discuss it. They don't say, whose side are you on? Do you think he did it or didn't you? Some of them do visit him in prison. And he, Stephen, talks to his dad when his dad calls from prison. Drew's brother, Paul, also believes he's guilty now. And his wife, Norma, if you'll recall, thought that Drew was suspicious when Kathleen was killed. And so how does that marriage go when for a few years you think your husband's brother is a murderer and your husband doesn't? And you're just like, how long did the brother think he was not a murderer for? Do we not know? till the whole Stacy thing happened. So at least three years. I think that maybe there's a big difference between being convinced that he's innocent and not sure, but not willing to say he did it. Right. And I think that the husband was probably number two. Yeah. And I think maybe Norma wasn't saying it out loud. Maybe she said it out loud once. Maybe not all the time. Right. And they fought and then she stopped saying it out loud. And then just waited because she knew her husband was a good man. and was going to come around and he did. Yeah, and he did. So Cassandra, Stacy's sister, is still searching the canal. At one point, they thought they had found something. The FBI is involved in this search and they had loaned sonar equipment and they thought there was something. But when they go down with divers, it turns out to not be anything. But again, she promised she, her sister she was going to find her and she's going to. Drew has been quiet for a long time, but now he's filing a new appeal and breaking his silence to Dateline. Oh, goody. He is 67 years old. He has short, white, patchy facial hair. He likes walks on the beach or (laughs) walks around the yard. I don't know what's happened to his teeth, but I would guess he has stopped brushing. He cannot afford a commissary toothbrush. I'm quite concerned about his teeth. They are shockingly yellow. Did you not notice? I did. And I don't feel like they were that yellow before, or I would have noticed, although he does have the mustache that usually covers it. I think that he probably used some sort of product before that he does not have now. Mm. And if I had to guess, he's probably maybe eating some weird stuff. (gasps) And I think, well, I don't know, maybe he's making that prison hooch. Also on 60 Days In, they drink a lot of Kool-Aid. Right. That's what I mean. Stuff that would stain your teeth permanently. It looks like he's having 18 coffees a day and 18 packs of cigarettes. Yeah. He might be like drinking a ton of instant coffee. Yeah. And that would definitely stain them. And then he also is probably smoking cigarettes. And then also the lighting is terrible. Yeah. On purpose. Natalie looks amazing. His facial hair is not a lot right now, right? It's shorter. It's stubblier. So you're noticing it more as well because the mustache hid his teeth before. So does he have a black eye? My mom thought he did. I did not see it and Oliver did not see it. I thought it was, again, the lighting. It's hard to tell. It is his left eye and it appears to have a very small shiner. Yeah. Question mark. Could not confirm or deny. I should have asked Dateline producer. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. But I felt like maybe he does and maybe he's very unpopular in prison. And that might explain why he's at first very toned down in this interview. He's not so jokey. 
I also think prison is just not as fun as he thought it was going to be. I feel like he thought the other inmates were going to love his stand-up comedy routines in the rec room, and they are not. He's a cop. He's a cop. He's hated in prison. Correct. Yeah. So he insists that Stacy ran off and that people are looking for her where she isn't. So Natalie, very smartly, says, how do you know she's not in the canal unless you know exactly where she is? She's good. Mm -hmm. And he says, well, I don't know. I I don't know for sure. I just, I just think. What? You just said you were, okay. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. And Natalie says, she wouldn't leave her kids. And he says, well, she was really overwhelmed with the kids. That's why she ran off. And Natalie said she adopted two of them. She loved being a mom. She's not going to leave them and not show up for years and never tell her family where she is and that she's okay. Also, there's no evidence that she bought a ticket to go anywhere or went abroad. I think Maybe they know that she didn't have her passport. They don't tell us that, but I'm guessing she didn't take her passport with her when she... Or her phone. Or her phone when she ran away. So there's no evidence she went anywhere. And Drew says, how many women show up years later after running off? A lot. None. Almost none. It's in the news all the time. Is it? Never. So Natalie, who's totally my hero now, says, I haven't heard of that. I haven't reported on those stories. And he says, well, I've seen those stories. You're just not paying attention. Wow, man. And Natalie said, I'm Natalie effing Morales, biatch. And she slapped him across the face. No, she should have. I would have been okay with that. He's a nightmare. He's a nightmare and he hates women. And I love that he's being interviewed by another woman. Yeah, me too. So she says, Stacy said, told her sister, if anything happens to me, Drew did it. And he says, I've never heard that part before. The sister must be making that up. Okay. Because she's a woman and she's probably on her period. (laughs) Idiot. I would say this really quick. I would actually have liked to see him be interviewed by a man Mm. because I would like to see the difference. I would really like to see what happens. That's very interesting. Mm. Yeah. Well, we've heard him with the shock jock, with the man cow, whatever. Right, but the shock jock's just trying to keep him on the phone and is kind of placating him. I would like to see him with Dennis or Keith or me. Yeah, with a serious interview with from a man just to see if he gave them more respect. Dennis doing his hard-hitting thing. Yeah. Where he asks question after question after question. Yeah. That'd be great. So Natalie says, okay, so basically, according to you, everyone is making stuff up. And he says, mostly Stacy. And Natalie says, she's not here to make things up. And he says, she's already done her damage. Ooh. And Natalie says, or maybe you did the damage. Ooh. Here we go. Oh, snap. Drop the mic, Natalie. So Natalie is crushing this interview. Yes. He says, I didn't kill either of them. Again, no empathy, no emotion in his voice. If you want a visual representation of what a narcissist is, watch this interview. It's disturbing. He says, this frenzy, it was all started by the media. And Natalie's like, well, you made the jokes about it. You got the media in a frenzy. And he says, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. When you put a camera in front of an obnoxious guy, he's going to say things. And Natalie says, 
So, you know, you're an obnoxious guy. (laughs) And he goes, oh, yeah, without a doubt. Yes. Which I think he thinks admitting that will make him seem charming. I don't know. I think he thinks because he's being brutally honest again about stuff like that, that it makes him seem like he's telling the truth about other things. I feel like that's a manipulation tactic, period. Yeah, you're so right. Self-awareness is important. Sometimes people walk around being obnoxious guys and they aren't aware that everyone around them thinks they're a murderer and also just really annoying. BetterHelp can help you with your self-awareness. BetterHelp can provide you with a licensed therapist in the privacy of your own home. Best to use it before you become a criminal. And maybe your therapist can help you not become a criminal. You can start communicating with a therapist in under 24 hours. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, but you can also send a message to your counselor at any time. Like, I'm about to talk to my pastor about my wife's PMS. Is that a good idea? So many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. States like Illinois, where they have de bears, but also depression. A joke so good I'm repeating it from last week, which I've never done before. BetterHelp has counselors specialize in all kinds of issues like depression, anxiety, sleeping problems, LGBTQ plus issues, marriage problems, and helping you understand why between you and a distasteful shock jock, people prefer the shock jock. BetterHelp is easy. It's confidential. It's affordable. Contact them today to start living a happier life. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash dateline. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash dateline. Because we could all use a little better help. I don't know why we're dividing it up that way now. Because I like it when it's we each get to say more because before I'm saying a big old chunk of it and you're saying like one word. And so I made it so that everybody says a few more. You say a few more words. Equality. Teamwork. I'm growing. Growing. Thanks to BetterHelp. Thank you, BetterHelp. Thank you, BetterHelp. That was not being facetious. That was being accurate. Katie, if you were accused of murdering your husband, I know you wouldn't be out there in your sweats talking to the press like Drew Peterson. You'd be done up like Liz Taylor in the White Diamonds ad with huge lashes. Am I wrong? I better be. You have your outfit planned already. I have my makeup mapped out. Yeah. And I'm going to say it involves gorgeous, glamorous eyelashes. Mm Mm-hmm. And the one place that I can find gorgeous, glamorous eyelashes quickly, glamnetic.com. I love glamnetic. I love makeup, period. But my favorite part of makeup is eyelashes. I am always surprised by how a great lash can completely change your face. I call it instant glam. So I have tried probably, that's right. I paused for a (laughs) fact. I have tried probably 75% of false lash brands. That's low. I've tried probably 95% of false eyelash brands on the market. And I was thrilled to be introduced to Glamnetic because I can now leave the worst part of lash extensions and false eyelashes behind. And that is the dang messy glue. It can be such a mess, but Glamnetic streamlines your false eyelash application and it just takes a minute. Glamnetic is the first six magnet lash that's made for easy application and all day hold. You can choose either a magnetized felt liner or a magnetized liquid liner, apply as you would an eyeliner, and then attach the magnet lash. Boom. Insta glam. Oh my gosh. I know. It takes under a minute to apply. There's no toxic glue, no struggle. 
Also, you get up to 60 uses per lash, so they are more eco-friendly and more wallet-friendly. There are over 75 styles for your perfect fit, from natural to full glam. You can get a different lash for every mood, every occasion. The holidays are coming. Maybe you want a holiday lash. I need five holiday lashes because I want options. Also, for every holiday, you need Arbor Day lashes. You need... Christmas lashes, St. Patty's Day lash, and also half birthdays. Mm -hmm. So take their lash quiz and use the lash guide to help find the style that suits you best. They have over 500,000 happy customers and a 100% money back guarantee. They have expedited shipping as well. That's important coming up with free shipping to the U.S. and Canada on orders over $30. They also have vegan and cruelty-free options available. And while you are browsing through the glory of the glamnetic.com website, please check out their new incredible nails. They have such cute styles and I've been such a fan of do-it-yourself at-home manicures. So I'm always on the hunt for the latest and greatest nails. They are reusable, waterproof, chip resistant. It's amazing. They have all the different shapes and lengths. I'm obsessed. Check them out while you're on the site. Find out for yourself why Glamnetic lashes are Instagram's favorite beauty hack and go to glamnetic.com slash date dateline and enter our promo code date dateline for 30% off your order. This code is available only for our listeners and that's glamnetic.com slash date dateline and enter promo code date dateline at checkout for 30% off. I promise you folks, these lashes literally apply themselves don't forget about the nails. For eyes and nails that magnetize and mesmerize, try Glamnetics. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you, Glamnetics. Thank you, Glamnetics. I hope they want me to talk about the nails. They never told me to, but I like the nails. Yeah. I'm doing it. He said, Drew says that his lawyer made him do the Drew show to act like that in front of the cameras. This is Broski. Sure, Jan. Sure, Jan. He says, no, that's not true. But we will um, be hearing more from him later. And I don't really believe anything. He says it's all of his lawyer's fault. He had a bad counsel. He had a tainted jury pool. He had an overzealous prosecutor. Natalie says, so everyone is to blame but you. He says the prosecution staged a prosecution. What? I mean, with Kathleen, they took an accident and they staged a prosecution. Everyone is twisting things to make me look bad. Reminds me so much of someone else. Wow. It's everyone's fault but mine. He says he was a loving husband, a good provider. So why did you talk about Stacy's PMS and Kathleen's mood swings? Natalie asks him, you don't see anything wrong with talking about your wives like that? And he says... Everyone complains about their wives. I, I hate them. You sure? You sure? Not when they're dead or missing. Not everyone talks about their wives then. Drew says, my son, St this part, oh God, get ready. Just everyone clutch something. Yeah. Not your pearls, something sturdier. Because you're about to really, if you weren't rage induced, you are just, the flames are going to take over your whole house. You need a fire extinguisher. Grab a fire extinguisher. Just something that's nailed down, something that can't be thrown if you're a KD type. Also, let me be clear. I'm not throwing things at people or cats. I throw things just across the room. And normally it's makeup brushes. Drew said, my son, Stephen, did such a good job raising my kids that maybe having a mother isn't all it's cracked up to be. Oh, my God. 
the disdain he has for women. And he's saying this to Natalie. And Natalie just says, really? And he says, really? You can have a bad mother. And Natalie says, yeah, but by all accounts, these women were extraordinary mothers. And Drew says, depends on who you're talking to. Wow, you piece of garbage. Can I kick him in the nuts through my TV? Is that technology available yet? Japan, where are you at? Japan's going to do it? I'm calling Best Buy. Maybe MIT. They don't make a lot of TVs. No, they don't. I don't actually know what they do. What about NASA? Electronics are usually Chinese or Japanese. Who am I kidding? Let's call Moscow. Yeah. Let's figure out how to get this done. Okay. Seriously? The thing is, he's missing the second part of that sentence because he says, you can have a bad mom, dot, 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 like I had. Oh, yeah. That's the second part of that sentence. I would really like an extended interview with his brother because I would like to ask questions about how they grew up. Yeah. But his brother turned out fine by all standards. So he's a horrible person. Yeah, period. It's, It's awful. It's just disgusting. Poor Natalie having to talk to this person. Honestly, poor Natalie. Yeah. Seriously. But she's amazing. She is the strong lady and she's a strong anybody. And she kicked butt. She does great. Anybody would be really frustrated with this. She handles it like a professional. She does a great job. Yeah, I loved it. So Drew has filed some new appeals on his cases. The murder conviction of Kathleen and also the hiring someone to commit murder of the prosecutor. And he says, we'll see what happens. (laughs) He laughs. It's good to see you laugh again, Drew. Is it? I haven't seen that. So it's great seeing those gold corn colored teeth. (laughs) I thought that sparkle from your eye died in prison, but I'm so glad all is right again. You're making terrible jokes. And Natalie says, you might be in here for the rest of your life. She's like shutting down the laughter. And he goes, I love it. Maybe. Who knows? It's like he's trying to act like he has something up his sleeve. He thinks one of these appeals is going to work that he does. I feel like he does feel like he has something up his sleeve and he's trying to be cheeky and coy. Who knows? I think he's just going to take that attitude to the grave because I honestly think that if he didn't, if he let down whatever that weird facade is that's happening, he would implode on himself like a dying star. Do you know when somebody like, and then they just turn to dust? That just, he could, he would cease to exist. That's my guess. He can't face the reality. So he has to put on this, like, this doesn't matter. This is exactly how I planned it to be. That whole thing, you know? Mm-hmm. I meant to be in prison. Exactly. I want to be here. You think I don't want to be? I wouldn't. If I didn't want to be here, I wouldn't be here. I hate him so much. It's just so unpleasant. It's difficult to watch. And I can't. I feel bad for his cellmate. I do. The case on Stacy is still open and he's the only suspect. Natalie says, if they came to you and said, tell us where Stacy is and we won't add any additional time to your sentence. He says, no, I wouldn't do it. I got nothing else to tell you. Okay. Liar. But I feel like if they offered him money, he might. No, I don't think he'd do it for money because he can't use money in there. Money makes you powerful in jail because then you have commissary. Oh, 
that's right. Interesting. So the pastor feels like he failed Stacy. He says, I just didn't know what to do, but I feel like I've honored her by the things I've done since then. He works with domestic violence victims. Again, his name is Neil. And he tweeted some very interesting things. He tweeted that he witnessed Drew using his officer friends to help him stalk Stacy. Again, the anger that I have for this police department. What do you mean? Well, remember how he stalked Kathleen? He was stalking Stacy too because he thought maybe she was trying to get a divorce or was maybe going to tell on him. I don't know. But he probably had his police officer's friends drive by, sit outside the house, try to intimidate her. Do we know that she was definitely trying to get a divorce? Well, just that she called that lawyer. Right. And he also said the thing that Kathleen had called the police 18 times and she was arrested nine out of those 18 times. Right. And Drew was never arrested. So- Neil works with Norma, Norma, who is married to Paul, Drew's brother, at a not prof, not, I sounded like a little Midwestern there, at a, a nonprofit, at a not for profit, a nonprofit called Document the Abuse, which is amazing. And it helps victims create written records of abuse that they can use in court. It's amazing. I was curious the whole time because I'll just skip really quick to the B roll because she has the name behind her at her desk. And I was like, where is she? What is she doing? And that's so cool that that's her company. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's amazing. Very cool. Also, Kathleen's sister, Sue, speaks about domestic violence and Kathleen's story. She does feel like Kathleen is with her. And she says things like, hi, Kathleen, we got him to Kathleen. And it's very touching. But she also feels very sorry for Stacy's family that they don't have that justice. I cried, by the way, at that. You did? That one got me, that precious moment. Yeah, when the sister is like, I know she's right next to me. And she's like, I talked to her. So I'd say, don't worry, babe, I got this. It was like the casualness that she talked to her. I really did have a fondness for Sue as well. Sue is an amazing, Sue and Cassandra, the sisters in this episode. Are incredible. Which also I can't help but think that I wonder if Drew would have benefited from having a sister. Because mm. it seemed like he only had his brother, Paul. Yeah. I don't know if he, there was a sister in that lineup, but I can only think that there wasn't. I don't know why he hates women. I don't know. It could be his mom did nothing, but he hated her for it. It could be that he was rejected constantly in school by women. Maybe his dad treated his mom terribly and he learned that that's how you treat women. Yes, there's a million things that could have happened here. A, a million. Cassandra is still out on that boat looking for Stacy, and Ugh. she's not going to stop. It's, yeah, it's so sad. Outside info. Let's do this. No, <laughs> just kidding. What do you have? Do you want me to go first? Sure. I'm sure I'm going to double up on you, so I'll just fill in whatever you don't have. So I, my only outside info was about Drew's attorney, Joel Brodsky. That's what I want to know. That This is, yes, I'm ready. Yeah. So he's the really loud, showy one that always wanted to be on the news and wanted to be famous. But for some reason is not on Dateline. Right. So he is on Twitter, though. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Oh, gosh. So Joel is on Twitter and his tagline is controversial former criminal defense attorney in Chicago for 37 years. Controversial. He calls himself controversial. His Twitter feed is filled with really hot takes about Biden and 
Kyle Rittenhouse and you just don't want to go there. But do you notice it says former? I will get to that. So also he did tweet about last night's show. He said the facts and evidence are so deep and complex in Peterson. 80 plus witnesses, tens of thousands pages of evidence, tens of thousands pages. Kimberly, it's tens of thousands pages. Stop asking questions. Tens of thousands pages. Tens of thousands. It sounds like he's Swedish. Tens of thousands pages. (laughs) Also, I love that he says the facts and evidence are so deep and complex in Peterson. Just in Peterson. Oh, but that's law speak because it's like Peterson v. State or whatever, you know, Uh, brother. Right, right. He says that only a very few understand the case. Get ready. Certainly not Dateline. He hates how he was represented. Sir, them's his fighting words on the internets. He says, Drew went on Dateline to play with media and mess with people's minds. No apostrophe in people's. Because that is what he loves to do. No period. Also, that appears to be what you like to do. Also, don't come for Dateline. We don't stand for that. That is not cool. Also, are you still like kind of thinking that Drew is kind of cool? Right. Because that's sounding like, yeah, Drew's messing with you guys. What? Yeah. (laughs) Sit down, sir. So a few years ago, a state disciplinary panel has recommended that Chicago attorney Joel Brodsky, who gained national notoriety for his representation of ex-cop and convicted killer Drew Peterson, should have his law license suspended for two years because of a series of bizarre antics in other cases that drew the ire of opponents and judges alike. They called his aggressive tactics and relentless vindictiveness and that his apologies for his behavior have rung hollow. It started out with misconduct, a number of inappropriate emails that he sent to rival attorneys. One said, how do you even call yourself a lawyer? You're an embarrassment to the profession. In other emails, He described a parent in a co-parenting case as very mentally sick and in need of serious help. And he sent a complaint with those emails to the couple involved, both sides, opposing counsel and various personnel in two school districts where the couple's child has attended school. Why? In an insult-laced letter he sent to a rival attorney in a divorce case, he said that the lawyer appears to be learning disabled. Why? Why is he doing these things? He's lost it. He's been spurred by the bad behavior of someone else. No, that's placing the blame somewhere else. But he appears to think being brash is cool. I wonder where he got that from. He implies that his rival has a drinking problem and sarcastically asked if his rival attorney has gay feelings for his client. Okay. So at first they gave him a fine, $50,000. They told him to undergo anger management training because something happened with an SUV. I don't know what happened. He accused, in one case, accused a witness of inventing a son. Like I said, they made up a child and said that his rival attorney was running a criminal enterprise. Oh, my God. Like he's in the mob. So he eventually did get his license removed. Yeah. He testified at a disciplinary hearing that his misbehavior may have stemmed from him being bullied in his youth by a group of students who called themselves the Anti-Brodsky Club. 
Sounds like a club we could all join. I don't even feel bad. And asked by his lawyer how it felt to have his law license suspended, he testified, it's like having my arm chopped off. I don't feel bad. Why are you acting this way? Why are you doing these things? There's so much more. Get ready. He goes on Nancy Grace. Why are you acting like this? (laughs) (laughs) He says that Peterson told him information about Stacy, but he won't be sharing it because he has an obligation under attorney-client privilege. Because you're not an attorney anymore. Or no, he just can't practice in the state. Right. Dan Abrams was also on the show with Nancy Grace. I guess it was a joint show, Grace versus Abrams, where I guess they went back and forth. Abrams says to him, so you know where the body is. Nancy Grace says, you know where the body is. You said you know where the body is. She said that? Is that a quote? Yes. I'm. It's literally transcribed. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. Brodsky said, I said I knew what happened. Nancy Grace. So what happened, Brodsky? I can't say. Abrams. So wait, if you can't say, then that definitely means that Drew Peterson wasn't telling the truth when he said that Stacy left with some other guy. Then you would know that, right? I mean, if she left with another guy. Nancy Grace, you'd be able to divulge that. And Abrams says, yeah, you'd be able to tell us if she left with another guy. Brodsky. Well, I can't say what my client told me. That's privilege. He kind of admits that his client did it. Yeah, 100%. And that he knows, but he won't say anything. And I know, but I'm not going to tell you so I can still be cool. And you still want to talk to me because I still have this information. Or maybe I'll tell you when Drew is no longer with us, when he's dead. Then I'll tell you where Stacy is. He's bragging that he holds the cards. He's making it all about him again. Grace and Abrams also took him to task for a statement made in 2012 after Stacy disappeared. He joked with his fellow attorneys during a press conference claiming that Stacy was still alive, albeit a no-show for her husband's court hearing. And I guess social media got really upset with him, like discussing her as a no-show. Yeah, it's super insensitive. It's ridiculous. It's super insensitive. So he's a disaster. So now I believe Berg, the attorney with the glasses, on everything. You do? Greenberg seems to legitimately think that he's innocent. No, I don't think so. But I believe everything that he said about that attorney, for sure. Yeah, I believe everything he said about the attorney. He's a mess. Wow. Yeah. So basically has his license revoked, is on Twitter, knows where Stacy is, but isn't going to tell anyone. What an idiot. I'm sorry. That's just so stupid. He is trying to cling to his 15 minutes so hard. He's trying to make that 16 minutes. Oh, that's good. Outside info. It's better than mine. All I've got is just some info about the first two wives, his first two wives before Kathleen and Stacy. So we don't have a lot of information on the first wife, but the second wife, and he would see, he seemed to be married for decades, like every 10 years. And there's always an overlap. So first wife divorced because he was cheating with the second wife, but the second wife Actually, I think I believe she testified. He had threatened her with a gun three separate occasions and threatened that he would kill her and they wouldn't know where the body, all that stuff. Oh, my God. He's nothing if not consistent. He was cheating on her with Kathleen. Ah, 
And that's when they divorced after 10 years. And then, so same thing with Kathleen and Stacy. It's that same pattern repeating and the wives get younger every time. <laughs> Literally underage. Right. So with Stacy, he met his next girlfriend who we get an interview with on Cellmate Secrets on Lifetime, which is narrated by Angie Harmon. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, her voice is cool. So it's interesting to listen to. So his ex-fiance is a girl named Christina Rains, And she met him when she was 15. I have no words. When she was 15, she got picked up for skipping school. He picked her up, took her back home to her dad. But that's when he first met her. As a cop. As a cop. Fast forward. Multiple years later. She's, I think, 23 or 24. It might be right after she went missing. They like starting in a bar. Mm -hmm. They're at a bar together and they start talking. Yeah, because of course he's hanging out at bars. Yeah. Well, and the weird thing is, so she's not the only one that says this, but he's talking to all the women because he's like kind of a local celebrity. So what you're seeing that him thinking he is kind of a celebrity, he actually kind of was. So in the town, that's working on people, I guess. And so she anyways strikes up a conversation with him. The sister's like, no, no, no. The dad's like, absolutely not. No, no, no. Fast forward, she really quickly moves in with him. And then they become engaged. And the dad is flipping out. The sister's flipping out. But all this weird stuff happens. You need to watch Cellmate Secrets. I don't want to give it all away. But it's very disturbing, basically. Can you say it properly, please? Cellmate secrets. Excuse me. But she is living there and engaged with him when he's arrested. Oh. Yeah, it's bad. What she says is that what he told her about Kathleen's murder, so she has a little bit of info, is that Stacy was holding it over him. So what she was doing with the divorce attorney, she was actually doing with him in real life. I have this big secret on you that I know what happened to Kathleen. But that is admitting that he did it if she has this thing to hold over him. Unless he's saying she has this big lie that she's holding over him. He told this Christina girl in no uncertain terms that he did it. Oh, okay. That's what I'm trying to say. This this girl knew. That he did it and Stacy knew and that part was true. Okay. He did it and Stacy was holding it over his head. And so then Stacy said that he told her one night that he had actually strangled Stacy, but she didn't know a lot else besides that. I don't think she knew the nitty gritty. Also, she was pretty messed up. You can tell that this has really done a number on her. I feel awful. Oh, you're saying Stacy, Stacy or the new wife? Did he say he strangled her? He told Christina that he had strangled Stacy. So he's just spilling all of this to. But not all of the tea. We're not finding out how, like how, what happened to the body and stuff. No, but he does say he killed her. Why? He thinks, is he think they're going to find this attractive? I think he keeps them by fear after a certain point. Yeah, that's true. She was sitting next to him in interviews talking about, he's so sweet to me. I mean, they have televised interviews of them together. It's real creepy. But there's another ex-girlfriend, but wait, that he met while he was living with Christina. This is a girl, Nicole. And so Nicole and he met at a bar. Women, recognize the pattern. And she said that he was super charming and talking to all these women in the bar when they met. Same exact thing. Same thing. So uh, she was 23 at the time. Sorry, Christina was younger than that. 
Sheena, I feel like, was 21. But Nicole was 23, the exact same age as Stacy. And they all knew who he was. They all knew that all this was going on mm-hmm. in the media. So she knew he was famous. So they felt like they were dating a celebrity. Yeah. Even though the reason he's a celebrity is terrible. Kind of. It's weird. It's a weird thing. And so Nicole actually stayed with him the whole time. Christina broke up with him pretty quick after he was arrested. She let him go, but she was still very scared of him. A few times during this actual interview, Christina's, I got to take a break. She's having a hard time. But Nicole goes and visits him in prison. And she still thought he was innocent the whole time. And then one day. She thinks all these people are lying? Yeah. She's talking about getting something done with her teeth or something. She wants to get something done and he's encouraging her to go do whatever. You know, I don't know if it's veneers or whatever it is. And he said, Stacy had nice teeth. And she said, it was the first time I had heard him. And this was a phone call, by the way. First time she had heard him say had about Stacy. Oh, and she said, then he tried to play it off. Well, no, I mean, she had. She's not around anymore. Tried really hard to play it off. But she was like, it was something in the way that he said it. He knew she was gone, gone. And then she broke up with him? She just sort of tapered off. Ghosted him. It's easy to ghost someone that's in prison for life. And he got kind of nasty. Got real short-tempered with her. There was one conversation where he was really, really mad. And she was said... And he was mad at me in a prison. If we weren't in a prison, I can't imagine what would have happened. He was that mad. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was really creepy. Also, he got a $20 million bail set on him when he was arrested. That's high for someone who had like roots in the community. And I feel really bad for the children in this, by the way. Yeah, of course. This is a horrible thing because I don't know exactly what happened here. Who, where were they staying? When he's at home, not arrested, the mom's gone, but he's dating these girls. They're with him. That's why the Paul, the brother and his wife moved in to help him take care of the kids. But then Christina moves in. I don't know about that. She lived there with him. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we've seen that before. Martin McNeely, who was or McNally, who brought in Gypsy his girlfriend, to pretend to be the nanny. But I think that, honestly, I think that these kids went to Stephen, the son, very quickly. Yeah, I hope so. I'm glad they had a chance. Drew doesn't care about them. He pretends like he does, but I think he just wants to be single and sow his wild oats. I think he cares about the one oldest son who became a cop. Stephen? Stephen. I don't know how much he cares about the rest. If he had cried or anything when he was talking about him, I would buy it. But he uses Stephen... As a way to diss all mothers on the planet. Yeah, he does. Also, what? So Stephen doesn't have a wife? He does. Right. I don't know what he's saying there. Yeah. I'm assuming Stephen does have a wife and there is a mother in the picture. Well, he did because they had a baby. Remember, he said all the kids came to him when he had a little baby. Yeah, that's true. But I don't know if maybe they divorced. I mean, they might have split up because... If I was a new wife and had a new little baby and all of a sudden a charge of children were brought in because my husband's dad had killed, that's a lot. I would not blame her. I don't know the situation, but it's a lot. Yeah. All right. Let's keep it rolling. What we got, B-roll? Prosecutor going through loosely photos and taking notes. Local reporter typing. Bowling Brook Water Tower. 
and son Steven scratching his dog's leg, which I thought was very cute. And also the Marine law enforcement boat that Cassandra is on is painted in the front to look like a shark. That's a thing. That's called something. That particular shark mouth. That's a thing. I feel like it doesn't make the boat look impressive. It makes it look comical. I think they're having fun. But don't you want to look really tough if you're on a law enforcement boat? I don't know. I thought it was kind of cool. I thought it was like, oh, they had fun with it. Yeah, it's cool if like you have a boat and you're at the marina, but not if you're like wanting to take down criminals and enforce maritime law. To each their own. I liked it. You didn't. Everyone at home, you be the judge. Different strokes. Different strokes. That yellow lab made me think Stephen was a good person. And I don't think it's fair to judge someone on the basis of what breed of dog they get. But I like that dog very much. And he had a good smiley face. And so I was very excited. Fashion police. I thought Natalie looked great in Kelly Green. And I liked her cardigan with the gold buttons. Oh, nice. I like that too. Let's talk about these glasses real quick. They have a red lining on the side of this is Steven Greenberg and then they had a green bottom like a teal green bottom and a clear top yeah what what's that fashion I noticed them they were very striking I think it's important when you're an attorney to have something striking about you so the jury pays attention expensive they looked very expensive that's what I thought they would not be my taste but that's okay I don't know if it was the most flattering shapes. The little circles are hard. They can be trying. All right, we got to go straight into titles because we have to do Twitter. I only have one title. And? It's that good. Oh, all right. Let me go through my bad ones then, which is payday. You will pay. It's payday. Okay, because he paid. Like, it's basically like checkmate. Win, lose, and drew. (laughs) Drew his own conclusion. (laughs) because <laughs> he did okay yeah there you go that's what we got mm-hmm. and then my for real title bring stacy home oh a chance for stacy nope it's not a chance it's bring stacy home that's it all right what you got and i hope it's an acronym for pms i wish because i couldn't get there and i wanted to okay instead of infamous infamoustache cheers you did it thank you you did it it's a play on words. Stop saying you don't like them because you really do. I don't. I don't like it, but I do feel a sense of huge relief and pride when I have a good one. And you had two this episode, one in part one and this one. You did very well. Okay. Twitter. Emmanuel Tyrell. I believe Cassandra could really whip Drew's A. 1000%. I would love to see it. I feel like she's been training for, I think she's like training in martial arts. Yes. 100 cage match. She could just like cut his head off with her hand. (laughs) Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? That level of focus. He is the type that would appear on, remember that like celebrity boxing thing where it was like the DSD celebrities? He would be on that. Absolutely. But also Cassandra wouldn't want you to know she's a black belt. So she would not let Dateline release that information because she doesn't want him to see it coming. She could ninja herself into the prison. She is going to ninja herself into a men's prison. Not as a guard, but like undercover as a man. She is. Tell me where she is. 
That's all she wants to know is where she is. Where her sister is. Let her come home. Yes. It's not right. Haley Deanna 173 says, Drew looks like when Tim Allen turned into Santa in the Santa Claus movie. Oh, he absolutely does. 100%. It's shocking. She put up a picture. Nailed it. It's so perfect. Middle Marty DG says, Drew has rat teeth. Mm. Haley Deanna says, Drew has that creepy uncle that you don't leave alone with the kids vibe. Yeah. Janny Margaret says, Drew Peterson and the My Pillow guy could be brothers. They do sound alike, too. They have that Midwestern accent going on. They do. Also, sorry, Drew is not the guy you leave alone also with the aunt that's unmarried. Exactly. Anybody. The sister-in-law that's unmarried because he'd be all of a sudden real creepy. He shouldn't be alone with anybody. Paula Robbie said, shut up, Drew. You didn't have a prom date. (laughs) Remember when you said... I'm waiting for my prom date to show up and say I was a bad kisser. No, his eighth grade prom date. Remember, he had to qualify that his first kiss was at 12. Moron. Right. (laughs) You're so right. He totally did slip in eighth grade so we'd know he had a young kiss. It was so calculated. Yeah. He was practicing that line in the mirror. Haley Deanna again says, Drew looks like he has face yeast. Ye old yeasty face. Yes. Yes, he does. I don't know what that is, but I do know what that is. I do and I don't. I don't know what it means, but I totally at the same time know what it means. Yeah. Susan Davis said, date, date line. Please tell me you saw that spider fly creature crawling up the man's shoulder. And then she wrote, also, this is my first tweet ever, but I had to. And I wrote, it's a great tweet, but I have no idea what you're talking about. Is there a time code? She gave me a time code. It's with the reporter. He has a fly crawling on his shoulder for like 10 full seconds, doesn't notice. And she said, it will make my life if you mention this in the recap. And it's her very first tweet ever. Come on. Go, Susan. Good job. That's a good tweet. Um, Is it the Mike Pence fly? It's not in his hair, but it's the same fly. 100% it's the same fly. Okay. Yeah. Great point. That fly is getting a lot of work on TV these days. It is. It is. Thank you, everybody. Please follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and check out our double dates and our date with the bake and check out our Patreon. We cover 90 Day Fiance and we do bonus episodes every month and live streams. And it's really fun. It is super fun. And I think Whamageddon's going on. So if you want more information about that, I'm assuming you've posted on Instagram already. I have. If It starts on December 1st. So there you go. Today is Whamageddon. If you got out in December or November and you wrote me and said, I'm out already. And I wrote you back a very short sentence that said you're not out it doesn't start until december 1st it's because i have to tell about 50 people that every november and i even post it with the rules saying that it starts on december 1st it's just one of those things they're just gonna forget it happens it's like birthdays otherwise you could have listened to what you could be out in the summer when is there has to be a starting date you could be out in august i wouldn't really think about it yeah i would probably think i was out But who's playing that song in August? I guess. Maybe you really like it. Also, Mariah Geddon also starts on December 1st. Technically, it should start 
I've heard Christmas music. So technically it should start right after Halloween. It should be November and December. No, this gives you a little buffer where you can listen to it to get you in the good spirit. And then you have to stop abruptly. Will people like that song? Some people go really defiantly whenever I post about it. I'm not playing. I love that song. Like they're mad at me. My favorite is when someone's like, why? Why do this? I'm like, because it's fun. Just a thing. Just in case you need a thing to focus on besides like something sad, you can do this instead. Whamageddon. Also, let's remember that I won last year. Yeah, and I did too. Second year in a row. I'm going for a three-peat. But let's also remember that I also don't count because I don't remember if I heard it. (laughs) So there is a chance that I heard it and I was out many times and just never registered that I heard it. If you don't know what we're talking about, Whamageddon is you can't hear Wham's last Christmas from December 1st to Christmas Eve at midnight. And you can listen to covers and you can listen to remixes. How does it go? Last Christmas? How's the song go again? See, I don't even remember the song. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. And the very next day, see, and this doesn't count because I am not George Michael. You gave it away this year. Wow. You can sing it. If you're not George Michael, it doesn't count. And it could be a remix. People love that song. It has to be the original version that plays on the radio. Also, Mariah Geddon is All I Want for Christmas is You. Same rules apply. We're not playing that. Because <laughs> you love that song? Because that song truly is magical. Yeah. Because <laughs> I hear that song and I'm like, oh, she's going to do that whistle thing. Last year, there was that movie with Khaleesi called Last Christmas and they played it in some of the previews and that was very difficult for people. Oh, sorry. All right, everybody. Be your own Bugatti. Just don't be a Drew. No. Stay fresh, cheese bags. Bye. Meaning Drew, he's a cheese bag. Just be anyone but him. <laughs>